Hello and welcome to a brand new Five Heart Podcast, brought to you by Coordination.com, part of the SB Nation Podcast Network. I'm your host, Greg Mahochko, and joining me, not as always, but for the first time in a long time, Todd Wolverton, the other half of John and Todd's Monday Night Therapy. We get a double dose of you, Todd, because uh, John is, he's not feeling the best tonight. He said he's got a pretty gosh darn severe headache, so uh, thank you so much for uh, filling in. Excited to catch up with you. It's been a while. How have you been? No doubt. Well, I'm not sure a double dose of Todd is good for anybody, but um, yeah, no, Greg, it has been a while. It's been, uh, um, <laughs> yeah, I can't even remember the last time that uh, I've been able to sit down and chat with you a little bit. But uh, I, I think, I, I think the last time we got together was right around the time that this little piece of paper was filled out. <laughs> I think the last yeah. time we talked, honestly, because after that Northwestern game, you and John started having therapy, much needed therapy <laughs> sessions. That's uh, right. <laughs> and yeah, we, uh, we, it, it, we had to go a different direction. So, yeah. But yeah. Uh, ex- excited to have you back. Uh, it has been, dare I say, an eventful last few days. Uh, let's just go ahead and, and, and jump right in it, shall we? Sounds good. One of the one of the most highly sought after transfer portal offensive linemen is coming to Lincoln. That's what I hear. That's good news. Good news. Walter uh, Rouse, I'm I'm assuming, uh, from Stanford. Um, and this is this is where I said when and and folks, when you're reading this article on coordination on Friday, you'll know it is time to buy your pipeline jerky. This is the honey barbecue pork jerky. Uh, they also have the peppercorn beef jerky. Get that because we gonna need it when you get one of the most highly, uh, uh, I guess, decorated or, or or most accomplished offensive linemen coming to uh, oh, to to be desperate desperate assistance on that offensive line, Todd. Yeah, I, you know, first of all, um, he has played very very well since he's been at Stanford. Oh, well, hey. He's from Stanford. You know, he's smart. And dare I say, the last transfer we had from Stanford did okay a number of years ago, resulting in a 1997 Nebraska National Championship. And uh, and so what you're saying is that 30 years from now, uh, <laughs> like 20 years from now, Walter Rouse is going to come back and fuck over the program. <laughs> Well, let's not. Let's hope not. Let's no, hope I don't not. see it. Let, let, let's <laughs> hope that Walter Rouse uses that Stanford education he has after his career in football is done, you know, to improve humanity, you know, or something like that. But, you know, um, the, the fool, moment, fool us once, fool us once, shame on you. <laughs> fool us twice, shame on us. But we'll probably let you keep fooling us because that's we're gluttons for punishment. Well, I think it's a good deal. You know, I mean, here's the thing. We've, we've got a couple of offensive linemen coming in that are, are going to make a difference. And to me, or at least from what I understand, what I read, you know, they're definitely upgrades over who we've lost. And, um, you know, I've said it before and I said it on Monday night when John and I were talking a little bit about this. You know, we've got everybody but Hickson coming back. And, you know, while people want to say that our offensive line has not been very good, well, it's 
part of that is because we've had young guys playing. I mean, right. we've discussed and discussed the offensive line woes, you know, upside, up one side and down another. But they will be a year older. Hopefully, new strength and conditioning programs going to have them more explosive, stronger. Um, you know, so uh, this is good. This is good for the offensive line. We have uh, <clears throat> our first true question of the night comes from a friend of the show from across the pond, Blaine Cole. If you know, why did this particular lineman enter the portal? I don't know for sure, but I bet it has something to do with David Shaw leaving. I would think that that might have something to do with it. That I was going to, my answer would be like, I don't know. <laughs> so I like yours a little bit better. Uh, um, and then Tyler says, uh, we may finally have some offensive line depth and, oh, we've been, we've been hunting that for what the better part of two decades. I would say so. I would say since coach Callahan, Okay. Uh, quite honestly, <laughs> no, I, I, I don't disagree. I'm, I'm trying to think back to a time where you would lose a star, like a, a Teddy Prochaska. Uh, for example, and have somebody step in who was, you know, like one A one B type of caliber. It's it's been one here and somewhere far down is number two. Uh, so we'll take depth. You know, Tyler, we'll uh, we'll hold on to that depth and 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 crush its soul probably. <laughs> uh. So, but that it's, I, and I think we're going to talk about it. Uh, in fact, the the university or, or the athletic department or however you want to categorize it, uh, put a social media press release out about their three NIL uh, initiatives or, or collaboratives and and you know leading the nation. It has to that that has to play the factor, right? I mean, why else would I, I hate to to be negative, but why else would a Walter Rouse choose Nebraska? Well, considering he chose Nebraska over a couple of programs and off the top of my head, I didn't, I didn't prep as much as I should have for tonight, I guess, but you know, in, I, in, in your defense, <laughs> I asked you to join the show about a half hour ago. Yeah. Well, I, I know he had offers from some programs that have been much better than Nebraska has been recently um but you know maybe maybe that kind of speaks to matt rule and you know uh, the first article i read gave a lot of props to donovan rayola you know in the recruiting process i you know but none of us were all that impressed with donovan rayola 1.0 now we're right you know um donovan rayola 2.0 um it, and i think not to interrupt you there, because that's rude of me, and I apologize, but I feel like the Husker fans uh, as, as a whole, and maybe we're already starting to you know, change that Donovan Rail and narrative, um, but I do think you're exactly right. There was, there was the first year Donovan Rayola that we saw that we didn't like, but clearly the head coach, the offensive coordinator, saw something in him that they do like, and now we're getting some much needed help at the offensive line. It it can't be a coincidence. Rayola's 
ineffectiveness, I guess, of, of 2022 has to be tied to the previous regime, does it not? I would think so. I would think so. And, um, you know, who knows what to believe, but, you know, there was speculation that he and Frost had a fallen out, you know, real early in the season um, for whatever reason that there was, you know, and, and yeah, I don't know. But look, Matt Rule has had success. Um, you know, Satterfield has had, Marcus Satterfield has had some success, you know, and he has told the media that he was blown away in his conversation with Donovan Rayola. Um, you know, take the handcuffs off Donovan Rayola and let's see what happens. Yeah, I, I do think that um, the uh, the coaching staff changes that were forced upon uh, uh, our, our you know Matt Rule's predecessor uh, left kind of a, a were a were a big sour note, and I can see a world where I hate to say it, but out of spite or or pettiness, he didn't maybe want to give Rayola a fair shot. Now, we don't know. This is all speculation, and I'm not. I'm not here to bury the guy. You know, he's been buried enough by Husker fans that, uh, uh, well, he he dug his way out all the way to uh, Phoenix or 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 Glendale or wherever Arizona. Um, yeah, Lonnie, uh, with the uh, observation here, Todd. No, John. Uh, John is out with with uh, a pretty severe headache uh, tonight. So uh, he he wants to be here certainly, um, but you know we air on the side. Lord knows I've I've missed for less. <laughs> you know? so, um, and, and, and sorry to disappoint, Lonnie. Um, you know, throw something <laughs> at me and I'll do my best to answer it. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll you know I'm not going to tap dance, but you know, I'll do my best. Well, coming back to to the why would Walter Rouse pick Nebraska? Fred uh, says probably sees an easier path to start, plus the chance to go through rules program development wise. It, it begs the question. I don't. I don't disagree, uh, Fred. But I, I want to ask you, Todd, if you were either either a highly sought after, you know, five or, or high four star recruit coming out of high school, or uh, thank you, Roger. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I feel bad for all of you. Uh, but no, if you were a, a highly sought-after recruit coming out of high school or one of these uh, transfer portal who who's not just going to disappear in the portal and have to you know drop down a, a league or uh, you know out of the power five something like that. If you were if you were highly sought after, would you would you take your chances of I'm like going to a Georgia knowing? You may be on a championship national championship team. You may never see the field, or do you do you relish a little bit of the challenge of of going to a, a Nebraska or a I don't know like an Iowa State? Not that they're necessarily you know anybody's high um, you know high on anybody's list of, of places to land, but you know what I mean. I I, I get it, and I guess here's what I think. Anybody who is who has one year of eligibility left, and I think that's all that Rouse has. I think he transferred with one year to play. You're transferring where you're going to play. I mean, you know, he's not coming to Nebraska. I mean, I think he, ex you know, he expects that he's going to have to compete for a position. But you know, I, I I think he views himself as you know at the at the top of the heap. Um, 
competing for that position. You're, you're not going to transfer someplace and take a risk that you're going to be behind somebody else in your last year of eligibility. That's just not going to happen. Sorry, I'm just uh, adding or uh, uh, responding to some of the comments about uh, Owen saying, get well, John. Um, and then he says, Todd, is the first five heart uh, we've seen you on in guessing it's been a while. I don't think we were I mean, the live shows really started right at the either tail end of the off season or beginning of the of the season. So I don't know yeah. if we ever maybe we, maybe we did a few live five hearts before you and John broke off to um, yeah. what is uh, uh, what is the um, uh, a spinoff a spinoff show. Well, we were we were <laughs> we did a couple of live shows, Greg and. The last, the last Five Heart show that I was on was with you and John and Haas, and there were four of us. And, and that was, and, you know, Haas had maybe been back once or twice. And, um, yeah, I mean, so, yeah, that's when we kind of spun off. And uh, John and I were basking in our misery after the Northwestern game, and he kind of tossed out the idea, what do you think of doing a Monday night show? Uh, which, quite honestly, actually works a lot better for me doing something on Monday night than middle of the week, just with what what's going on here. So, sorry um, to inconvenience you, Todd. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, hey, listen, I'm here. I'm here. Don Dre okay. says, "Todd, what's your last name or the club you wrestled for?" Yeah, this this was at the tail end of our Monday night thing. I, okay. I asked I asked Don Dre. I saw him. Actually, I saw him post the week before, and I didn't have time to get it out and. Towards the tail end on Monday night, I asked Don if he wrestled for West. When he was, I said, when you were a kid, did you wrestle for Westside Wrestling Club? And he replied, yes, I did. And then we signed off just moments after that. Um, Don, my name is Todd Wolverton, W-O-L-V-E-R-T-O-N. I wrestled for the Council Bluffs Rec Program. And, uh, you know, I remember vividly back in those days that Council Bluffs and Westside, we just, we had some real scraps. And um, I, my memory isn't so good that I can remember how many times you and I did uh, face off in the squared circle, as Greg would call it. Um, <laughs> Wait but, a minute. Uh, <laughs> in real wrestling, it's the circled yeah, circle. It's the right? circle, yeah. But, you know, Don, Don, and I, Don and I wrestled, you know, once, twice, three times maybe. And now Aaron's getting in on this. Who won? Well, you know, this was – 50 flipping years ago. Um, so all I'll say is I won more than I lost overall, but I honestly cannot tell you how Don and I, 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 I don't remember. I just know I wrestled him a couple of times. I know he had a I, younger brother that was a, was a, a good wrestler too. I remember I, that. I think we all want to know Todd and Don feel free <laughs> to, uh, to chime in uh, via the comments who would win now. <laughs> Well, I don't, I, you know, I haven't seen Don for 50 years, but I guarantee you that I probably got pounds on him. <laughs> I think Fred's getting in on the, uh, the, yeah. the sports entertainment side of things. Uh, John would make a great shit talking heel manager. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you what, and I don't want to, I'm not trying to supersede anything here, but you know, Fred, if, if you show up on Monday night and mention something like that, that will, you know, in fact, do that, John, because 
or for, Fred. excuse me, Fred, do it, Fred, because that will open the door for me to tell a story about when John and I lived on the same dorm floor and I kicked him and two other guys ass in the world championship of three on one wrestling. It was three oh, of them God. against me <laughs> and John. They were the flying salami brothers. Long story, but I'll tell it sometime. John, John's bark is a lot worse than his bite. So, yes, he would make a good, a good, uh, a good <laughs> trash talking manager. <laughs> oh, that's great. I, I, I didn't know we'd get, uh, get so, yeah. so deep into the, into the anecdotes and, and stories, but I'm, I'm here for it. Um, so, uh, Walter Rouse is in, uh, or N he's coming to Lincoln, uh, which is great. Um, did you see that they are considering, I can't remember if I saw that they they have, the NCAA has decided or if they're considering, uh, eligibility changes. Um, <laughs> Fred, I gotta <laughs> highlight this one. <laughs> Way to completely throw me off topic. <laughs> Fred coming in with a heater. Uh, our former HC was probably a flying salami brother, too. <laughs> okay, I got to reset now. <laughs> Let me try again. The NCAA, Greg, the NCAA. Yes, the NCAA uh, transfer portal eligibility. Uh, something, and, and I can't remember, I didn't. I skimmed the article without uh, reading to retain information. Why would I do that? I only host a podcast. Um, but it was, you know, if you if you enter the portal, sure, you know, that first time, you immediate eligibility on the back end. Um, but if you portal a second time, then you might lose a year of eligibility. Yeah, it's um, – I didn't read the details either, but it sounded like – um, you know, at least if you transfer the second time, you're not going to be immediately eligible. You might have to sit for a year or, or, or whatever it might be. And, you know, we, we had some conversation on Slack among, you know, the coordination staff and Nate McHugh had suggested some changes he'd like to see. And that's one of the ones that I tossed in there. You know, I don't have a problem with a freebie, you know, for the first time. And I guess I really don't have a problem, you know, on a second time if, if you know your coach leaves or, or something like that to, to have immediate eligibility, but you know, hey, we've in one shape or another we've all bitched about some aspect of the portal. I'm sure we have. I don't think anybody who pays attention to college football is just you know overwhelmingly in favor of it as it is. But it looks to me like they're taking some steps to try to rein it in a little bit, and that's good. It. it I, I don't think the portal is a bad thing. You know, some people are going to disagree with me, but it does need some restrictions and it does need some structure to it. I, 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 again, I don't disagree. I agree pretty well, you know, uh, you know, whole cloth with what you said. The old, old Greg, you know, like old man Greg be like, no, nah, you, you commit to a school, you got to stay there and graduate and, then go sell cars or sell insurance or, you know, whatever you would do with the, the name at said school. I uh, began becoming more flexible. I, I, but you're right. There's, there's a little too much. I don't know if like freedom's the right word. It's just, it, it's a little too wild west. Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, um, I think it will, you know, it will, 
it will work itself out to a degree. And, you know, I, I, you got um, the commissioner down from the SEC conference uh, is a Greg Sankey, last name Sankey. Um, and um, it, it was, uh, he, he even said that they ought to get rid of the early signing period. And, and I would be in favor of that too. Um, there, there just needs to be, I, th- I think, I think there are some changes that they can make to bring a little bit more sanity to the wild west and um you know so hopefully some of that does happen i i think uh i saw the best reason or argument for doing away with the early signing uh period is that there's still football to play like the dust hasn't settled on the college football season yet and now you're having you know 19 20 21 year or i'm sorry signing period 17 18 year old young men you know well, I, 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 and also, I think somebody in the Slack chat room said uh, that it was, you know, it was a nice reprieve from, you know, real, uh, like a, the college football dead period after, you know, be- between the national championship game and spring ball, you had, you know, the first Wednesday of February. And so I, it was, it, yeah, I could, I could, I could do without the, December signing period. Yeah, I could too. You know, on the flip side, I know that there are people that say they ought to just get rid of a whole, the whole concept of a signing period. A, an athlete can sign whenever they want after, at a, after a certain point or something. I, you know, I don't necessarily agree with that either, but um, again, I, there, things have changed dramatically. You know, I, I think starting kind of with the pandemic, which you know gave people a lot of time to think about things and reflect and you know look at other possibilities and stuff and NCAA they're they are weak they are a, a very weak organization and um, you know until they until they are able to reestablish themselves a bit um, you know who knows but this is a positive step in my mind they got no spine NCAA. Yeah. Yeah. Got no, what is it, uh, Major League Two? No mobbles. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, speaking of the Big Ten, while we're, you know, transitioning down, and I know you mentioned SEC commissioner, um, Big Ten kind of looking for a commission. Yeah. Of all people. So I remember 2020, Kevin Warren was being dragged across shards of glass. For the way he handled the football season in 2020, uh, you know, amid the the COVID pandemic, uh, it's to see that he's, I, I look, he's going to the NFL, you know, to be like the CEO or whatever of the Chicago Bears, which is fine and dandy, but I, that's not a step up in my opinion. Kevin Warren came from the NFL and, you know, the one bit that I read kind of made some sense is he was with the Vikings when they got that new stadium built. Bears are in the process of moving, you know, away from downtown Chicago, right off the lake out to Arlington. And, you know, there's going to be a lot of hard feelings there and there's going to be a lot of issues with the Bears. And, you know, Kevin Warren has some experience walking in that shark infested uh, you know, arena, so to speak. Um, so, yeah, 
Kevin Warren, we, I, I think, I think in, in hindsight, um, you know, he, he followed, it, it's always very hard to follow a legend and he followed a legend. Jim Delaney was a legend in the big 10 and, you know, Jim Delaney had his hands in a lot of the modernization of, of college athletics. I mean, he was very, very active in that. But, you know, I, I think you got to look at Kevin Warren. He, he brokered just an incredible television deal with the Big Ten. And, um, you know, he, he got the Big Ten back on their feet after the pandemic. But um, I... I uh, um, I don't know. I, you know, the question, I guess the question was who, who's going to be the commissioner? You know, I don't right. pay enough attention to that, but I guess I have two quick thoughts. First of all, it, it just, it bothers me about how corporate college athletics have gotten, but you know, just because Todd Warburton doesn't like it, you know, it ain't going to turn back, but it does worry me when I see people that are looking outside the realm of athletics you know, and, and I, you know, we saw a list today somewhere of, of potential candidates. I don't want someone associated with Fox Sports. I don't want somebody associated with any of those outside entities that are engaged in the entertainment aspect. Um, I guess if, if, I, if I had the power and the authority to hire the next AD, I'd hire Gene Smith, the athletic director at Ohio State. Mm. Um, he has uh, overseen you know, the development of one of the, if not the, maybe the strongest athletic program in the country, at least I'm, one of the top two or three. I don't think you're allowed to use the word the uh, no. and not and not pay them $10. There you go. Okay. Well, he, he uh, he's done an incredible job at Ohio State. He knows the Big Ten. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's a very strong, strong leader. So, my opinion, Gene Smith makes a lot of sense to be the next AD. Keep it in house. Gary Barda. <laughs> I did that purely for your reaction, and it was so worth it. <laughs> I'm so happy right now. <laughs> there is no bigger asshole in college athletics than Gary Barda. He is just pathetic. <gasps> Just cried. All right. So Owen uh, Walker has had said a few moments ago now. Uh, he laughs. It took him, meaning Kevin Warren, to uh, court to have a season. Uh, you're right, Owen, and and, and we had a, a two thirds of a season, uh, and we still had a losing record. Um, but, and I'll say this: the Big Ten as an entity doesn't care about two-thirds of a football season. They care about billions and billions of dollars from TV rights. So, um, it's just not... It, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Josh uh, made it here, eventually, and said that... i got to get it here. Steve Sipple has an opinion that Kevin Warren is angling for an NFL commissioner in the future. Why not? Roger Goodell isn't going to be around forever. And can't really do worse than Roger Goodell. No. 
God, he's and, such a worthless sack of shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, you get paid an incredible amount of money to kiss people's asses. That's what you do. And you you got, you know, Roger Goodell has to, to kiss 30 or 32, I can't remember the number, however many owners there are. He has to kiss their asses all the time. And he gets paid very, very well for doing that. And so I suppose Kevin Warren kind of looks at that and says, hey, I can, I can kiss some asses too. Hey, Ted. Todd. Ted. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Todd. Hey, Todd. What's your price? <laughs> what what's your ask us a price? <laughs> asking for a friend. Uh, asking for a friend. My ask kissing price. Oh geez. Let's let's not walk down that road tonight, man. <laughs> All right. Get another get get a bourbon or two in you and we'll we'll come back. We'll we'll cycle yeah, back. Yeah. I, I want to finish up this conversation uh uh that we talked about your your uh amateur wrestling career. Because Don did follow up and said uh, he remembers you were a very good wrestler, uh, and you have a, ve- a nice family. Yeah, you know, it's no different. It's, you know, fifty years ago, 40, 50 years ago, you know, uh, the families were very invested in the sport of wrestling as they are today. And uh, you know, a lot of times on on planks, sitting on planks and gymnasiums and. You know, part of it, and I, you know, God, I don't want to go down this this path that that <laughs> deep. But you know, my dad is a very sociable guy, and my mom is pretty sociable too. And you know, even even though we'd uh, strap it up and and fight like hell on the mat against those guys from West Side, um, you know, my dad, when it was when the dust had all clear between rounds or whatever, he'd be out there talking with Don's dad and. Oh man, you know there were there was a Knutson that wrestled for West Y that ended up being a stud West. in high school, and and a lot of those guys Westside Wrestling Club, I guess. But yeah, those are fun days, Don. Those were those were great days. I, I remember a lot of it fondly. And and uh, to your credit, Todd, you still have a nice family. Uh, yeah, I've met your wife. Friends. She's lovely. Uh, yeah. Your daughter seems okay. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, have a granddaughter. Got a granddaughter. Yeah. Yeah, we 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 try. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh let's keep on rolling here. Uh Owen Walker had this. We were talking about uh Walter Rouse earlier and uh, Owen says the talk in Lincoln is should we be careful of assuming Rouse is a predicting starter? Rule will have competition. I don't disagree that that's a bad thing. I would think it would be uh it would look bad f- for the culture of rules giving out starting jobs. And yeah. I don't disagree. No. However, if Walter Rouse was competing at a high, um, uh, what's a, a consistent, consistently high level uh, for a Power Five? Now, Grant Stanford didn't have the best year by my recollection, um, but I I don't know why. At least at, at the top of. You know, he wouldn't be at, at, at the top of the, you know, head, head of the pack, leading yeah. the squad. Well, you know, Matt Rule is not making promises to Walter Rouse, and he's not anointing him starter. I mean, like I, I mentioned, I think, you know, he's it's going to be a competitive position. And maybe I didn't phrase it well the way I said it, but, you know, he looks at coming to Nebraska as um, the place where he is going to start. I mean, and – and he, he, he believes that he will be uh, 
the starter, um, perhaps with with not as tough a competition as he might have faced at Georgia or Michigan or wherever else he was looking. Well, we we talked about uh, uh, portal incoming. I feel like it's time to talk about portal outgoing. Uh, and let's see here. We have uh, it was announced, I believe, uh, within the last either yesterday or today that Decoldis Crawford yeah. found a landing spot and he's going to go down to Jackson State, the post uh, Deion Sanders Jackson State. Um, and to the best of my knowledge, I think that's the only one that maybe needed updated. Yeah, that's the only one I've seen lately too. So there's Billy Decoldis, Billy Kemp Decoldis. is coming in. Yeah. Wide receiver talk about from that. Uh, Virginia. Virginia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Now, DeColdest, uh, DeColdest won't be DeColdest down in Jackson. Um, <laughs> a little, little bit warmer down there. Uber. Uh, yeah, well. Yeah. But, and, and I think the biggest, and I don't know regret, but we never got to see anything that Crawford could do here in Nebraska. He was injured uh, and, and really didn't play at all. So, you know, I, I, it, maybe he was just kind of tied to the previous staff or to Mickey Joseph. I, I think that's what it was. I think he was he was kind of tied to Mickey Joseph, and uh, um, you know, so it it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. James is is here and acknowledges. Yep, it's Todd Extra Edition, <laughs> or as yeah. I said at the outset, uh, uh, a double dose of Todd. Double dose of Todd. Who doesn't want that? <laughs> Well, uh, let's transition. Uh, it's been all the talk. It was uh, a top ten moment uh, on ESPN's uh, Sports Center and, and their top ten. But in the closing seconds of uh, last night's Nebraska women's basketball game, uh, and I do mean closing seconds, and Nebraska already had uh, the the game in hand. I mean, it wasn't close. It wasn't a, oh, we've got to hit this a half-court shot to win the day, win the game, anything like that. Uh, but Kendall Moriarty just trying to – by my understanding, the, the way I read it was that she was just trying to uh, beat the shot clock and threw up a, a, a one-armed uh, sidearm sling uh, from half-court in the corner. And, I, Todd, she hit that shot – with greater ease than I hit with my old knees and broken ass and unathletic, uncoordinated self on a on a free throw or a layup. It is, you, and you could tell she was not even trying. She, it, I don't even know if she was looking. She said, "I got a heave of this ball." Yeah. <laughs> well, it, that's what it looked like. I mean, they wanted to get the shot off, you know, before. Yeah, I don't know. They were dribbling out the last few seconds. Yeah, I'm, I'm the last one that should be talking basketball, but. Yeah, I did see. I did see the replay, and it just you know you're right. She just slung it, slung it up, slung, slung it up there, you know, just kind of a sidearm underhand toss, and it just it just went in. And um, you know, I'm glad. I'm glad that it was just kind of one of those carefree launch it things rather right. than just taking an intentional shot because that really, really, really would have been rubbing salt in the wound. Um, you know, as bad as they were beating them, you know, I think. Uh, Penn State can probably walk away from that, saying, "Oh Jesus, nothing could go right for us tonight." Or you're like you're absolutely right. There there is a difference between trying to run up the score and 
having a you know lucky shot. Uh, I know Scott Scott Van Pelt called it the the best thing he saw all day. So um, we'll we'll take that. Uh, we're gonna cycle back to transfer portal, I suppose, because Brian uh, um, with a good question, uh, but he said uh, not question statement. He said we're gonna have to. Uh, have some more bodies hit the road to get down to 85 scholarships by next summer. Um, that was something that uh, uh, HCSF did like to do, and uh, he was just trying to get you know he, he was trying to win the, the the quantity, not the quality game. I think so. Yeah, it's um, I, I haven't seen anything recently. You know, generally speaking, we get you know some data on you know where numbers are, are are setting but yeah it would make sense that uh nebraska is going to be over their limit of of 85 guys right now but um there will be there will be some peeps you know that uh during uh during spring spring practice that will be uh, encouraged um to find another place to play and they'll, they'll get it whittled down but i i guess you know quite honestly we, you know, I don't know what the total number is of Nebraska guys that are leaving in, you know, that are in the portal leaving, but, you know, doggone it in, in transition, uh, I'm pretty pleased that we haven't had more go, you know, and, and maybe some people would say, well, it'd be nice if some more of them would have gone, but, you know, Casey Thompson, he isn't leaving, you know, um, some other, you know, some of the other quarterbacks, they aren't leaving. Uh, you know, we lost a running back, you know, Yant, uh, maybe a couple running backs, but you know, a lot of the, a lot of guys are going to be back next year and, and that's encouraging. Well, at least they're going to be back for spring and that's encouraging. So, um, yeah, I just, I just want to say this while we're talking about the portal, this came out just a half hour ago. So as we were recording that, uh, this is from, uh, Greg Smith rivals on Twitter, uh, the Huskers still on the lookout for transfer portal help, and he's reporting that a Georgia tight end transfer is visiting Nebraska tonight. I, I don't think it's going to be number nineteen. Well, no, the the picture is number eighty. But <laughs> I, yeah. So, yeah, we, we Brian, we we completely agree. There's a a chunk of uh, uh, money tied up in that quarterback room. <laughs> scholarship yeah, funds I, I should say i think there's eight in there you know there's the six scholarship guys i i, I predicted john and i did predictions a couple weeks ago i think there's going to be three at you know by the at the end of spring practice I, i'm predicting three of them are going to be gone i think i think chubba Purdy's going to be gone i think uh that uh the kid that's uh both a baseball player and a football player from kansas the kansas city area i think he's mm. going to be gone and I would I would question you know whether uh, Torres you know Torres or, or Harburg I, I would guess one of those two might might take off too um, and you know people might say Smothers is going to be gone but there will not be six scholarship quarterbacks going into the season next year I don't I don't think uh, Cornhusker Corner good to see uh, them here and, and active in the chat as well said uh, over the scholarly limits always better than under. Uh, it says, from what I have heard, Ohio State operates at or under their scholarship limit most of the time, which is obviously puzzling. Um, I mean, let's let's talk again quant quantity versus quality. Ohio State has been getting, uh, I guess, a, 
better number of recruits, or or, or, or a number I should say of better recruits to, yeah, to word that properly. Quality. So, yeah. um, and what were you saying about Mikey Pauly, Todd? Aaron wants to I, go. <laughs> I think he's gonna. I don't think he's gonna be a quarterback. And now, you know, come on, Aaron. You know as well as I do that we want to see the guy on the baseball field. I think he'll still stay on the baseball field. I just don't think that he's going to hang around and be a quarterback when there's that many guys in front of him. All right. Let's, uh, I, I've been tagging a lot of these. Um, let me untag that one. Just answer that question. Uh, here we go. Interesting one from terrible, just terrible. What do you think about the possibility possibility of Xavier Betts coming back to the team? I would say that's probably less likely since he got arrested. Well, rumor has it, I saw something on Twitter today, rumor has it that he's looking to, to return. Um, you know, now, the, let's, let's look at the timeline. He left the team in March, right? In the spring, I believe. I don't, I don't, I don't I'm, remember. I'm I, on I it. Yeah. Let me, I'm, I'm going to tell you where, where I'm going to search. Cornation.com. Give me all... <laughs> All well, the information I need. You know, but, uh, Xavier, Xavier Betts, he's been kind of, you know, he's he, he's been an interesting, it's been kind of an enigma. And, you know, some people say that. Uh, uh, March 24th. The headline says, uh, he who should not be named, says Xavier Betts is currently not a part of the team and no comment on the Thomas Fedone injury. So they're um, I, back to back. Yeah bad news is there and then yeah then it was the arrest or he got there was the arrest in october and then just uh like a week or two back he he was entering a transfer portal i'm like i didn't think you could be in a transfer portal if you're not associated with the team but what the hell do i know right right i you know i don't um you know something i read you know basically said that you know the previous uh lubeck treated him with kids gloves and was easy on him and um you know the the then people said that mickey was too tough on him and you know i've heard i've heard quite a bit of stuff with this kid and i don't you know is he that good to invest as much energy in him as as apparently he needs i don't know you know especially with with what what they have coming in, um, you know, maybe he is. Maybe he's got that, you know, incredible talent. But I don't know. I don't. I think there's other players. I think they can focus on. Cornhusker Corner says, uh, and, and this is their, uh, I guess, interpretation of some of the news that came out. Of their opinion. Uh, my read is that Betts was not very close with the last staff. And ha- he had issues personally with his motivation to play the game. This new staff could get him. He, I could be reading uh, way too much into it. Anything's possible. We never know. Well, you know, the kid, like Cornhusker Corner mentioned again, you know, yeah, the kid can flat fly. We know that. But whatever, you know. I, I, I sometimes think that uh, people hang on to some – Hang on to problems, maybe a little bit longer than what you need to. I'll just I'll shut up because I don't I don't know Xavier Betts. I don't know him personally. I don't know what kind of kid he is. Did Did you all discuss this last week on or, or on on your show with a uh, 
John, but I saw that Mo Washington entered the like put his name in for the draft. I haven't seen that. The I, one I, time, I, the one time Nebraska running back. Um, and again, it's one of those is the juice worth the squeeze type of situations. Uh, long one here from James, uh, and and I think what I like the most about this comment is it covers up half of your face, Todd. <laughs> but uh, no, there we go. <laughs> So many storylines heading into the Big Ten West next year. The rise of Illinois, the decline of Iowa, a new day in Lincoln. Can Northwestern recover? What is Minnesota? It's a state. I I know that one. Uh, (laughs) Why does the defending West champ seem so irrelevant? Also, Pat Fitzgerald. So that is a lot of questions that we'll answer next year. (laughs) No, James, uh, remember all those and ask it again in August. Well, and all of them are, are valid questions. I mean, very true. Very, very well. And he he didn't mention Wisconsin. Air raid Wisconsin. Toss that question in. What's that going to look like? That is going to be. Uh, I mean, have you have you been to Wisconsin? Have you been to Camp Randall? Been there twice. Okay, yeah. you visited with some Wisconsin folks, some some Wisconsin fans, perhaps some Badger fans. I, I have uh, I have been around Wisconsin fans quite a bit. Yeah. Are they Nebraska fans like to win, but we also like to run the damn ball. Where's Wisconsin on that spectrum? Like, are they okay with an evolution or a change in the game, or are they kind of stuck in the mud? I don't know that Wisconsin fans look at the game at the same level as Nebraska. Okay, fans. no, hey, that's that's kind of what I expected, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh and and I, I don't disagree, Joel. Uh Joel says the air raid will be a uh uh disaster for Wisconsin because I'll tell you what was not fun. Now as a kid, take away the grain of salt, I was twelve, thirteen, fifteen years old. It's not fun catching a frozen football. <laughs> and it gets cold in Wisconsin. So I could see where air raid would not be the best fit. You know, something else that, you know, I, it makes me wonder. And, and you know, I'm going to go back to Nebraska, you know, pre, pre-Callahan. You know, there were, there were periods of time when the five offensive linemen that played the bulk of any game were all Nebraska kids, you know, or four of the five. I mean, you know, Nebraska had a lot of kids that played on that offensive line. And, the same has been true up at Wisconsin since the days of Barry Alvarez. I mean, you know, they developed a program up there that was a very physical run first kind of a football program. And you look at those Wisconsin offensive linemen, my God, those guys are monsters. And many of them are Wisconsin kids. Now, that's the kind of kid you have in Wisconsin. You know, from an offensive line standpoint, are they going to you know, that's going to be a total shift the way that you block the air raid compared to the way you block straightforward, run the damn ball. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it's a fit. If, if you had to guess who's or maybe maybe not guess to the best of your recollection, who's Wisconsin's most prominent offensive lineman in the last 20 years? Well, there you go. Nobody ever knows. I don't I don't know. I, I don't know. I would say Joe Thomas. Okay. 
Joe Thomas, Brookfield, Wisconsin. Well, they've had a lot of good ones, and they've had a lot of big ones. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, he he had a very long career. Uh, Thirty eight years old, had a very long career uh, with the Browns. So, okay. Um, but anyway. Yeah, like you said, most of them are nameless, faceless. I only know him because he, uh, yeah, he. I mean, he was in the AFC North with my Steelers. So there you go. Uh, real quick, we'll kind of uh, put the uh, uh, close the book on Wisconsin. Cornhusker Corner says Wisconsin running the air raid from a Nebraska perspective that seems like a horrible decision, and Wisconsin going down the wrong path. Knowing uh, our luck, though, Wisconsin will win the Natty. Yeah, that yeah. does seem to be. <laughs> you know, they have brought in. They have brought in uh, from what you know. John mentioned it the other night. They've brought in two four-star quarterbacks through the portal, and um, you know, and and I'm glad you put that question up, Greg. I saw I saw it over there. You know, here to help. Yeah, James Marshall says my question for Wisconsin is: Will they spend the money necessary to not become Iowa? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I th- I do think that there are two different, um, uh, I guess, approaches to uh, athletics or at least uh, football. Wisconsin's not afraid to go out and make changes. Clearly, I mean they they uh, uh, relieved uh, Paul Christ in the middle of the season, whereas we can't get Iowa. I mean, it works for us, but we can't. Iowa won't get rid of Brian Ferentz just because it would make an awkward Thanksgiving, you know. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, it's just like at some at some point you, you have to do what's best for business, and I don't see that I was ever going to do that. Um, let's see. Here we go. Uh, Scott Davis wants to know, Rouse or Scott, portal guys are easily the best offensive linemen. Uh, I think we had – that's, a, I think, an answer to a question um, – Oh, here we go. Let me let me get the question, and then we'll get the answer. Blaine Cole says, uh, "Who do you rate as Big Red's best offensive lineman?" And then we again we got the well, we got an answer uh, from Scott Davis says Walter Rouse or Ben Scott. These poor guys are the best. I don't disagree that the best offensive lineman is probably coming from outside of the system, um, but that's just me. Yeah, and at least based upon what they've done for the teams that they've played for. Um, you know, I don't, well, who, who was, who was the best offensive lineman that played for Nebraska last year? Who was the best offensive lineman? Um, um, <laughs> week after week, a lot, you know, the people that score They're... performance, they scored Ben Benhart. Yeah. Uh, Which, did I say, it's not Ben Benhart. Benhart. Bryce um, Benhart. Bryce Benhart. He scored his performance scored high a lot of games. I. Yeah. Well, Owen Walker says Hickson maybe. Yeah. You know. Um, I, I I don't know. I honestly couldn't tell you who the best lineman was. Honestly, I think by when when he's healthy, it was it'd be Prochaska or Prohaska. But he's. He uh, he is becoming injury prone, so yeah. Um, I guess we're not done with uh, Wisconsin. That's fine. You, the what I like about these live shows is that uh, you you folks watching are are 
you know, in the driver's seat. Uh, so Brian Bauer says, does the news of Wisconsin running air raid quiet the Husker fans who whined about Fickle uh, being better, a better hire than Rule? I don't know. Maybe. Um, I was – okay. Nebraska hired Rule, and, you know, I felt good about that. I can only speak for myself. I felt good about that. I mean, was he the guy I was longing for Nebraska to hire? I, you know, there were – there were half a dozen coaches that I'd have been happy with if Nebraska would have hired him, and he was one of them. And then, you know, I got to, I'll be honest with you, you know, what, day or two later, Wisconsin hires Luke Fickle, and I'm thinking, oh, shit. You know, how do we lose out on Fickle? And it's not so much that I wanted Fickle over rule. It's just that Fickle was really never in the conversation for Nebraska. You know, yeah. I mean, not that you were hearing from any of the sources, um, but I am I am really surprised that Fickle is going to bring that kind of an offense to Wisconsin. That 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 does surprise me. Um, but it also was really a mystery to me during the bowl game that Luke Fickle was on the sideline. I, I thought that was a very a very strange thing for him to do was to be on the side uh, sideline with uh, with the headphones on. And mm-hmm. It just didn't didn't look right. This, I mean, that question uh, generated a lot of conversation. James says uh, Fickle would have been more dangerous in Lincoln. Uh, and uh, Joel says Rule was the best hire. Um, and something else. Something else was said. Something else is always said. Uh, uh, Rule, uh, much better hire than Fickle. Uh, for Nebraska, Joel, whoop, come back here. Joel says, uh, uh, Fickle is a defensive coach. Um, and then, let's see. All right. All right, we're going to jump back to offensive linemen real quick because uh, Aaron made the comment, Hickson had a good stretch in the middle of the season but otherwise looked like a third-string Big Ten center. I'll say this. I think the the season uh, started to wear him down. You know, he you're right, uh, Aaron. He was he was very good in the middle of of the season, but those last few games, I think, I think it was fatigue. I, I think, I truly think he was becoming fatigued. Yeah. I, nobody really stood out to me. I guess that's kind of the point that I'm making. And, and maybe Hickson overall was the best. So. We mentioned uh, both these uh, gentlemen's names. Who's more injury prone, Prochaska or Fedone? Seen Prochaska on the field more than I've seen Fedoni on the field. Yeah. You know? Did you say Fedoni? I think it is Fedoni. All right. Well, I feel bad if I've been mispronouncing it all this time. But I don't know. You time. could be right, too. You know, he's one of those Council Bluffs, Lewis Central kids. Same high school with Max Duggan, you know, on the Council Tucky side of the river. Yeah. Well, you know, nobody's perfect. Uh, <laughs> uh, Roger said at one point, God, country, option, runza. So, you know, he doesn't want that air raid. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's like he's like the bully in school he sees the the, the you know the the nerdy kid with his books and, and, and the book says air raid air raid he's like not in my hallway there All right, that go. was that was bad that was a bad uh, analogy i apologize to everybody watching this show um joel says we don't have enough talent on the offensive line beetle b says uh we need a lot better conditioning um and Lonnie says, speaking of, anyone hear anything on the new Husker Power? 
just seen the photographs of the new strength and conditioning coach and i will sh- i it, well i would show up every day early you know just because i would not want to deal with him being upset with me i have two questions here that kind of ask the same question i'll go ahead and highlight them both uh blaine asked this sometime back and i highlighted it how would you rate overall depth on the team now strongest and weakest areas uh i i guess we'll try to uh answer that one before we we piggyback with another uh, i think we'll get the answer to vince's question here but um where where's our strength Where are we deepest right now? Running back. Yeah, I don't disagree. Running back. A- Anthony Grant, A.J. Allen. <laughs> you know, um, That Emmett Johnson, I think that's his name. Ramir Johnson. Ramir Johnson. Uh, Gabe Irvin Jr., to the best of my knowledge. Yeah, I think he's coming back. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm very comfortable with that answer. Weakest? Don't you still have to say the offensive line until proven I think you otherwise? Do. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm I'm a little concerned. I'm I'm concerned about linebacker depth. I mean, I'm concerned about I can what, see that. what's going to be there. Or, or wait, just a minute. Roger has the answer. Onside kicking is. Oh, I I saw Thanks, it. Roger. I, I, Thank you. <laughs> I you know what? Here's the thing. That moment is such a uh, like a a twist of the knife moment. I I will be I'm ready for Nebraska fans to stop mentioning it. <laughs> I know it'll never happen. Um Husker Chuck says that the running back room is overstocked if that's possible and Brian says strength uh our strength is a running back and and defensive back and we need help yet on the lines. Um, we've been talking about food uh, here in in the or we not we they've been talking about food they've been talking about Runzas and Valentinos so B2B wants a Runza right now look I can't get you a Runza right now I can't get you anything right now but I can send you to Pipeline Jerky get some of that sweet sweet pork jerky this is the honey barbecue or you can get the peppercorn beef jerky and you'll support a company that supports the athletic department so if you have to get stuck with a knife, why not do it yourself? That's true. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, and then Vince's question, uh, piggybacking off of uh, Blaine's, was all after all the signees and portal transfers, which position group still needs the most attention? I, I don't disagree, Todd. I think you hit the nail on the head. Until proven otherwise, that offensive line needs to show uh, what they can do. So, Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And, you know, the defensive line as well. But – like I said, I'm worried about linebacker, but, you know, we'll see. Cornhusker Corner said the quarterback room is pretty overstocked, too. The conversation around that room seems to be who will transfer. We did uh, discuss that, of course, a, a little bit back. Um, and and I don't disagree with Todd that I think after spring, maybe even before spring, that, that maybe two or three guys might uh, might find the exit door. Um Husker Chuck, we're, we're getting into it already. 2023, we're in the calendar year now to talk about the season. What record would be the minimum for a satisfactory year one for Matt Rule? Would 6-6 six and six in a bowl game be the floor? 5-7? and seven? 
I've just said all along, I want the team to be significantly better this year than they were last year. And that's a cop out, but you know what, if they play in a bowl game, I'm happy. If they're five and seven and have beaten some decent teams, I'm fine. Todd, they, they improved last year. They were three and nine. Then they were four and eight. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> that was a very long, drawn out. Don't make me get into this now, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Greg, for 23 years, I'd sit in my office on the side of my desk and some 14 or 16-year-old kid would just throw me a, a, a story and that would be my that was my only response is just to take a deep breath and do a little bit of self-talk and say, I chose this profession. I chose to come and make a difference in kids' lives. I can't help it if they're assholes. And that that's what I would say to myself when I take that deep breath. All right. Uh, I, I've, I've got my own answer. Uh, we'll get to that here in a minute. Cornhusker Corner says, in my opinion, if a coach is legit, legit, you should start to see results immediately. For me, that means six and six. Um Husker Chuck says, I want them to not start 0-2. Strange to open with two on the road. Uh, With Terrible, just Terrible says, with the way the schedule is, we could definitely win seven games. Uh, Joel says, win the West. You guys are coming in fast. Uh, Roger says, just beat Colorado, and I'm good. Buddy, we don't want a 1-11 season. Uh, (laughs) Okay. Blaine says uh, at this point six and six would be significant better, uh, significantly better. I know. Look, the curse I, of the hypno toad. Yeah, I, I I know it's it's only January. I'm just gonna show this up here again. All right, so let's do it. August thirty first in Minnesota. Is that a win or a loss, Todd? <laughs> we are not going down this road. Greg. <laughs> We're not. Uh, All right. Uh, Good one from Brian here. Schedule is the second most friendly since joining the Big Ten. Friendliest schedule was probably last year's, so there's that. Um, You know, I look at this, and and I'm going to say it. I said it in uh, August. I'm going to say it again. I don't see any team that's a a guaranteed L on the schedule, so why not? (laughs) Sorry. All right, uh, we we got the Cornhusker Corners uh, uh, been very patient with this uh, pinned message from way back when. Uh, let's talk about the fact that we are three days removed from the 2022 season, where Nebraska went four and eight, and there are already articles saying we could make the playoff. I think it was our very own Nate McHugh says, uh, "What are the chances we win the whole damn thing?" Well, there was an article today that showed up on Twitter. I don't know where it originated from, but. It was basically titled Five Teams That Could Do What TCU Did. And unfortunately, the picture under the headline was Matt Rule. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nothing like setting. Yeah. The curse of the horned frog. So uh, you and John have your Monday night therapy. I have my own version of therapy. And the biggest thing that uh, I, I come away from therapy is – Managing expectations, <laughs> whether it's in life, in in your uh, in in your home, in your office, on the football field, just manage those expectations. 
This is an idea. To hell with uh, six, uh, six more weeks of winter. Punks a tawny Phil. Let's let's ask uh, Nebraska versus Minnesota. If he sees a shadow, it's Nebraska. If he doesn't, it's I don't I don't remember. I don't even know if he if he sees the shadow, then the six more weeks of winter. I, I don't know. I, I always got confused. If you know the answer to that, please drop that in the comments. As uh, Punxsutawney Phil is not a high priority for me. All right, Cornhusker Corner says, imagine Nebraska comes out and storms to a 21-point lead over Minnesota only for Rule to kick an onside kick in the third. Oh, <laughs> damn it. I got to pre-read these before I just go blasting them on the screen. You're killing me. Um, there was something else I wanted to talk about, but wouldn't you know, I've kind of forgotten. Um, I know what it was. Since you're here, Todd, you should know, within the last week, I turned on my Hulu and I see Nebraska wrestling against Campbell College or Campbell University. Yeah. 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 They went out east and won a couple duels out there. Yeah. Good. Good for them. Yeah. Do you have a, a quick uh, wrestling recap you want to well, provide us or no? Well, just real quick, Nebraska, you know, starts off in their Big Ten schedule this weekend. I, I'm not sure who they – well, yeah, they wrestle Minnesota tomorrow night at Devaney. I will be there. going to get down there and watch it. Yeah. And uh, I was doing a little bit of surfing around the old intranet, internet, and uh, Ridge Lovett, who's redshirting this year, is um, wrestling in a big uh, international tournament over in France. This oh, really? Week, uh, freestyling over there, and uh, a couple of other, a couple of other Nebraska wrestlers or wrestlers from at Nebraska who train with the Nebraska Wrestling Club are going to compete over there too. Not, not, not who are currently wrestling with the team so like ridge love it's red shirting so he can go ahead and do that so i i guess if you're if you're red shirting you're still on the squad yep yep and i feel like if you're still on the squad i i apologize for the the crass corporate uh phrasing that i'm going to use because i know you you hate capitalism um but you're under contract are you not <laughs> You are under contract. So how can you go? I, the Lakers wouldn't let LeBron go play overseas. You know, like, like take the year off, go. If, if if you're injured, what happens to, you know, what, what happens to those commitments and obligations that you had stateside? You know what I mean? Well, I think that's a concern, but keep in mind that Ridge Lovett is redshirting this year. And he he could be competing unattached in some NCAA tournaments. I don't think he has. But, you know, he's been in the wrestling room every night, you know, training with the Nebraska Cornhusker team. He's also been working with some of the, you know, the guys that are part of the the uh, Nebraska Wrestling Club, the those guys that focus on at the international level. And, you know, there's a good number of them. And, and, you know, Hey, the, the reality is, is that coach Manning is one of the best freestyle coaches in the country. And he, a lot of guys come to Lincoln, Nebraska to train under him. So um, it's, it's really, Greg, it's no different than taking that Olympic year. Like a lot of college athletes do where they take a year off to focus on training and trying out for the Olympics. So it's kind of ways in a roundabout way doing. I didn't realize that was a thing. Yeah. Yeah. I got to uh, uh, highlight this one since we're 
talk. Then look, I I say it. I've said it to uh, uh, our our coordination wrestling writer, Dylan is the best. So if you like follow, following, you know Nebraska wrestling, you've got to make sure you check in on coordination uh, and and read his articles because they're thorough. Uh, I, I learn a lot. I, I'm not the biggest wrestling fan. Uh, it, it, I, I'm not the best. I'm not the most knowledgeable. Let's put it that way. Um, but his stuff is, is, is good layman terms. Yep. Check it out. Uh, but Cornhusker Corner says Nebraska wrestling is legit. Uh, yep. wish collegiate, collegiate wrestling got more attention. It is the sport of all sports. In my opinion, sneaky fun to watch. Um, yeah. Now, Dylan, I'll tell you what, uh, Dylan's the best kept secret uh, in, in terms of uh, a wrestling writer. He is excellent. And, um, you know, any wrestling fan in the state of Nebraska or any fan of the University of Nebraska that has a little bit of a inkling about the sport, you need to read. You're going to get better coverage on coordination than you're going to get from any other media source as far as wrestling is concerned. He, he just does a great job. And just like the rest of us, he's grossly underpaid. <laughs> so a uh, couple more here, uh, kind of about the the 12-team playoff that the NCAA is going to go to. Uh, Brian kicks it off here, 12-team playoffs, just a play-in opportunity to see who gets their ass kicked by the three to five teams that actually belong in the championship conversation. Uh, I don't disagree. Um, but uh, Husker Chuck says top four teams have a significant edge sitting out round one and resting. Hope the first round is before Christmas. Um, I don't think that's what they're talking about. I think they're looking at the first round being those quote unquote New Year's bowl games. Yeah. That's what I think they're talking about. And uh, the Cornhusker Corner says that uh, a little update from a previous uh, uh, bit of information, the Georgia transfer tight end that's visiting this weekend's Brett uh, Scyther, if I'm pronouncing that right, or Seether. It could be either or. See what I did there? There you did. That's cute. That's Thank good. You. Thank you. I've, nobody, Nobody's called me cute in a long time. Thanks, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, anything else that you have, sir? No, um, I I really don't. It's you know, thanks for giving me a giving me a ring there, Greg. I've had a pleasure joining you tonight, and you know, it was fun to kind of go down the old memory path with Don Dre and my. Oh, and there's Joe Zwiebeck's Jerospeed. Oh my God, Roger Moore, that takes me back to. Oh geez, yeah, Joe Zwiebeck's Jerospeed. Well, the greatest, if- the greatest commercials that existed. <laughs> Jira Speed. Hold on. What in the hell am I about to look at? He, he was uh, Joe Schweibach's Jira Speed was uh, a sponsor for uh, professional wrestling that was broadcast out of the Omaha studio back. Gotcha. So Ugh. give you more energy, Jira Speed. <laughs> it, that was probably the precursor to Blue Chew. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now listen. It's not going to get you all bedtime ready, but if you need a delicious treat and you want to help out the Nebraska football program, Pipeline Jerky, they are absolutely not paying me to say this. 
the pork jerky, the honey barbecue, or you can get the peppercorn beef jerky. It's delicious. It, it's it's a great treat to eat. So I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. I'm I'm legit not paid uh, to talk about that. So uh, with that being said, we thank everybody for joining us. Great time tonight. Great interaction. Great comments, questions, and uh, and thoughts and and memories. Uh, thank you, Todd, for stepping in under very short notice for a truly enjoyable uh, show. And I wasn't doubting that uh, from you. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you could deliver, and, and you definitely did. And we do hope that uh, uh, John does feel better, uh, at least by Monday, uh, so that you guys, you, you two old farts, can uh, go and relive the, the good old days, go down memory lane. Yeah, I don't know if you know this, but the longer you, the the older you get, the longer memory lane gets too. Yeah, it does, and it's harder. And, <laughs> yeah, and it gets a little foggier too. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so for uh, Todd Wolverton, I'm Greg Mahochko. This is the Five Heart Podcast. Thank you again so much for joining us uh, on on uh, Facebook, YouTube, uh, Twitter, I think. Uh, make sure that you uh, follow Coronation on all of our socials. Follow the Five Heart Podcast, although I'm not going to lie, it's really only active during football season. Uh, so that's the number five heart podcast on Twitter. Uh, until next week, uh, what do I say? Oh, yeah, Five Heart <laughs> I got too many podcasts. We always ask you. (laughs) Remember that five heart is all the heart you need. Todd? Go Big Red. Go Big Red indeed.